Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. You are in the right place for NFL Breakdown, week three in the NFL coming up tomorrow. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail here on a Saturday night, September the 23rd, 2017. I'm Dre, he's Jay. We got all your picks coming up for tomorrow's game, including the London-England game. The London Jaguars are back in action tomorrow morning, and the rest of week three be played out in the afternoon and evening and the Monday Nighter in Arizona. But first, Jay and I have to figure out what the heck that was that we saw on Thursday night, because I, I, I saw it, I watched it, uh, and I still can't quite figure out what we saw. Yeah. Jay, you want to take a crack at it? All I know is, hallelujah, football is saved. Don't you know that, By, that, was, the, that, that was the narrative the next day after the game? By one that have yes. decent game, football has been saved. That tells you that that is the sorry state of what we've had for two plus weeks of NFL football. Now is that the narrative after a forty-one to thirty-nine game between two pretty much dog crap teams that I don't think many people were watching anyways. I can't imagine that the game had a big rating, uh, but the, the absolute desperation in the media, ESPN, NFL Network, your usual suspects, the sheer desperation to proclaim football is back from the grave. Really? Because, yes, because the Rams and the 49ers on a Thursday night played somewhat compelling football. But And, and we do get this between bad teams sometimes. Sometimes the best games or the you know the, the most entertaining games can be those games between teams that are generally just bad, and 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 that's what we got. It lived up to the it lived up to the expectation of two teams playing bad football. Nobody wanted to really do a lot uh, defensively. The Rams. This I, mean, I hope nobody was playing the Rams defense. I mean, they did have a few turnovers, but they gave up thirty nine. Oh, uh oh, oh, oh. Sorry, but we won't talk about that. We won't talk about the fantasy ramifications of the St. Louis, Louis L.A. Rams giving up 39 points to the to Brian Hoyer and guys. Actually, Brian Hoyer is a guy, so they gave up 39 points to guys. Thank God they Just did, though, because it saved, it saved me. I got a cheap cover out of that. I'll take it. And not a cover, but to be a, po- a push at that point is as good as a cover. Yeah, when we picked it, it was uh, Rams minus two, so that would be a push. I think it went up to yeah. three the next day, so that could have been a win for you if we had waited a yeah. day. But it still felt like a loss for me because, as I uh, uh, as I intoned uh, earlier, I thought the game would be extremely low scoring. I did start yeah. the L.A. Rams defense, indeed, in my fantasy league, and that's just terrible. Uh but yeah, I I felt like a loser despite getting the push because I declared that this was going to be a ten seven game that's going to put everyone to sleep. And it was going to be terrible to watch. And look out 
41-39 before you know it at, uh, yeah. at the end of the game. I never would have seen that coming. And I even joked about it during the show. I said, wouldn't it be crazy if they came out and just had an offensive explosion up and down the field? <laughs> completely joking. Completely joking. I never thought anything like that would happen. It was just crazy. The highest scoring game in Thursday night football history. Seriously. Between I, I would put all my money on the under. Yeah, well, I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. I am too. You're not. You're not flat broke. That's right. My wife is very glad too. Uh, yeah. How much of that game did you watch? I'm going to guess zero seconds. Well, no, you no, said you were going to watch it at, at, or I, listen to it. I work, watched. Watch it work. I watched the first quarter, roughly. Okay. I, I watched it to. I mean, I already had that pit in my stomach after the Brian Hoyer turnover on the very first play first of the game. play of the game. And then the Rams touched down on 12 seconds into the game, and it's 7-0, and I was, oh, oh no, here we go. And I normally I would, call ball game when something like that yeah. happens. I normally say it's over right then and there, but I, yeah. I hesitated, and, and sure enough. The Niners, they, they bounced back. They went on a drive. But when I had went to bed, I had checked the score – and it was not looking good for me. That's all I remember is that it was it was somewhat out of hand. I had like no chance. I wake up in the morning and I pick up the phone and oh, I might as well. And I go to the, the page that has the NFL scores and I see Rams 41-39. And I was like, well, thank you. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. I cared absolutely nothing about what happened. I have no, there's no takeaways from this. <laughs> So, um, yeah, you can take something away from every game. There's, there's always something to learn. We have to pick, you know, every game as the season goes on. So it's nice to just to get a little bit, cause I'm not going to sit there and watch many Rams games the rest of the year. I'm probably not going to watch any 49ers games. So this is my, uh, I guess one chance to see either one of those teams. And what I took away was both offenses were, it, it was like a college game almost both, Sean McVay and, and Kyle Shanahan were trying to ramp up the pace and, and get their offenses to go quickly. Whatever you do, do it quickly, fail fast, or just, you know, fail forward fast. It, it was really weird watching both offenses act like they're Tom Brady and the Patriots going into the hurry up and trying to, to get something going in rhythm. But it kind of worked because it looked like both defenses were kind of rattled by the pace. And there was a lot of looking around and going, who's where, am I supposed to be on the field? Am I supposed to be subbed out? Uh, so it kind of, I guess it worked. There was a lot of confusion. There were a lot of offsides, penalties, a lot of bad defense being played all around, whether it's the bad coverage or uh, the bad penalties or not being on the field in the right time because you're confused by the, uh, by the pace perhaps. But, uh, that's how you get forty-one thirty-nine between two teams whose offenses I, I wouldn't have thought would, were capable of anything like that. It was basically, it, and I don't want to take away from the quarterback play. Both Jared Goff and Brian Hoyer had moments where they made very difficult plays, and they had at, at different points they had rhythm going with their offense and looked like they were actually putting it together, like they could be competent offenses in the leagues at, at, at some point this year. So it, it was, it was all of that. It was the defense was bad, but also the offense was, was executing on both sides. And I still can't believe that Hoyer made that comeback 
I would have never thought that uh, down 14 in the fourth in the fourth quarter that they could actually make a comeback. But he started bombing away all of a sudden. It was Marquise Goodwin for 50 yards. Uh, uh, Trent Taylor, Garrett Selleck, guys you absolutely never heard of. Uh, it didn't hurt that the 49ers were playing this weird zone of like Swiss cheese, just guys running all over the place wide open. Uh, but, hey, that's part of being a bad team is your defense kind of gets rattled, doesn't know what it's doing, and, and you let bad offenses run up points on you. It, and the quarterbacks were stunningly competent. Again, I try not to be too hard one side or the other. If it's something where it just completely luck and, and offense just happens out of thin air, then I'll say that. But this was a combination of bad defense and great execution by the offense, great plays being made. Pierre Garçon was a beast out there. He looked every bit like the good veteran wide receiver that you bring in and it, it was it was actually a compelling game, like you said, a surprisingly compelling, entertaining game. I, I'm actually not sorry I watched it. It was it was kind of fun, even though it wound up being a push. Yeah, and I'm just curious if anybody watched it. I mean, yeah, you know that <laughs> it was. I think the everybody you know we laughed at the game, you know, going into it. Just got a feeling like it was just a very poorly rated game. I I, I don't know. Oh yeah. Although I'm now sure that I'm it. although that I'm looking, it, it's like TV ratings way up for Thursday night game between 49ers and Rams. Really? What? I, I but I don't get that with all the with all the ratings that have been down so far. Why would the ratings be up for that game? And then the next day, you have all of the the NFL is saved stuff going on on NFL Network and ESPN that this was the game that has saved football. What? I, I, I'm... Uh-oh. Smelling some BS? I, I'm smelling some... I'm going conspiracy theory here. You need some X-Files music or something for us, you know, because <laughs> I, I'm going toe on... I'm going whole on tinfoil hat on this one. Yeah. Not the X-Files, but it's, uh, it's the best I can do. Yeah the closest thing we have but yeah i think we have entered the twilight zone when you're telling me that the thursday night ratings have been absolute garbage but then everybody's gonna jump on for the rams and the 49ers uh, i mean maybe that was a bump for because of the markets because of sanford but again the two bad teams no west that coast teams in the that face. nobody cares about nobody cares about that's, west coast football that's what i don't that care. flies in the face of, of what i was reading on twitter before the game i don't know if, if people I don't know if those people who write those articles know that other people who read stuff before the game remember what they read. I remember what I read before the game, which yeah. was uh, $85 face value tickets in in uh, San Francisco, San Jose, wherever it is, Santa Clara, uh, were going for like $18 on StubHub. No one wanted to see this game. This is what the narrative was before the game started. And all of a sudden they have a bit of a compelling game and it's, oh my God, the NFL is saved. Yeah, that definitely uh, smells smells funny to me as well. Yeah, so I don't know. but then And then I read a different article that says that the ratings for that game were lower than the rating that it pulled in for the Texans-Bengals the week before, but the ratings were better than expected. The, the narrative here, you can definitely feel. 
you can definitely feel the slant. Like I said, we can't. Tr- I don't trust the news in general because there's always the, the, it's it's not the news. It's not here's what it is. Hey, here's the rating. Judge for yourself. It's well, no, the NFL is saved. Hallelujah. Even though the ratings went down. It's not a bad thing. Don't worry. Nothing to see here. It's, you know, it's Naked Gun. It's Leslie Nielsen standing in front of the exploding fireworks factory, you know? Nothing to see here. Move along, you know? Um, yeah, I, I'm not buying it. it. It was two bad teams that pay, that played a surprisingly good game that nobody watched. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm going to stand by. And no, football is not saved. I'm still not going to now judge the first two weeks of what I saw as redeemed by a game between the Rams and the 49ers. Fake news. Sad. Here's what's not yeah. fake. <laughs> Hashtag make, a, make football great again. Not fake is our show. We are live on blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. You can hear our show as a podcast after we go off the air. You'll have this hour-long live show and an after show as well. You can subscribe on your Apple device, or you can go to TuneIn or MixCloud or Player.fm or Bluebree or any number of other podcasting apps that we may be on. You can always send us a note via email. Send that to InMuchLessDetail at gmail.com. I am on Twitter at IMLDDre. Jason is on Twitter at IMLDJTG. And after our show is off the air, our picks will be up on our blog for everybody to see. And that site is in much less detail.blogspot.com. 15 games left in week three in the NFL. We will pick them all right now. Our three highlight games this week will start in Motown, where the 2-0 Falcons and the 2-0 Lions will get it on. Linebackers missing on both sides. Atlanta will be without their stud pass rusher, Vic Beasley. Detroit will be without their middle linebacker, Gerard Davis. The Falcons starting off the season seemingly not missing a beat from their offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, moving on to bigger and better things. Steve Sarskisian has stepped in. They've been rolling along so far. Detroit, with their highest-paid quarterback in the lead, Matthew Stafford, has been rolling along. So battle of 2-0 teams, but one of them went to the Super Bowl last year, so therefore they get more trust, and perhaps they should. The Falcons give three. They are not the cop-out three-point underdogs on the road. They are three-point favorites on the road at the Detroit Lions. Jason, who you got? Yeah, interesting that this would be, we we probably wouldn't have looked at the schedule and gone, yeah, we're going to be highlighting Atlanta and Detroit in week three, but hey, we we go, we roll with the season, we go with the punches. Um, Interesting, finally, for Detroit. This is definitely the, the step up in class for the Lions after those first two games that they played, so I'm, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen in this game. I watched um, some chunks of that Monday night game. I watched the, the, the majority of the highlights. I got the whole breakdown. Um, you know, I had to listen to everything on Tuesday, you know, with uh, all the uh, drama with the Giants, you know, and McAdoo uh, we talked about throwing the coach under the bus. But um, inside all of that, you saw that the Lions uh, played good up front. Diggy Ansa looked like he was unblockable for the entire game. And then you also had – the uh, the Lions on offense, you know, Matt Stafford, what I was noticing with the Lions offense is that the receivers were a little bit more open 
than they were last year, where it was, you know, just Matthew Stafford having to thread the needle on every single play. And if he didn't, you know, have it just pitch perfect in the spot every time uh, bad things happen for that offense. And I saw Lions receivers running around in a little bit more space. I saw a lot of crossing patterns, you know, guys creating separation just, you know, with their speed. Um, and I liked that. I mean, you know, for a team that had so much trouble getting guys open last year, they're trying to create separation, even though I don't think they have the most talented core of wide receivers, they are trying to make room and Matthew Stafford is good enough to find those guys. You know, Atlanta was business as usual last week. Uh, they opened up the dome. They did their, their usual number, jump out huge on a team and then just cling to dear life to the, to the other team coming back. I mean, we, we've seen this along enough now with this team that we commented about it last year during the season. It happened during the playoffs. It bit them in the ass in the worst possible way in the Super Bowl, and they started off this year doing it all over again. Um, I'm not bothered about Atlanta here being the road team uh, because in the in you know in Ford Field or is that what they're still calling it? Is it still Ford Field? Well, wherever they're playing right now, in I don't Detroit, think they've sold a naming rights yet. Yeah, not yet. Ford hasn't gone out of business just yet. Uh, but you, you just wait. But yeah, I, I don't trust the name of any stadium anymore. But you have two Mercedes Benz Fields for Christ's sake. <laughs> right. You have two Mercedes. You know. Ah. So I don't discount them going on the road in this spot because of the fast track, because of the dome. You know, because of Detroit playing in virtually the same conditions as the Falcons. I went ahead and even with all of that, it weighs out very evenly. I think this line is exactly where it should be. It definitely smells pushy to me, but just from the fact that the Lions are at home, and I think they're going to get a pop from that crowd coming home 2-0, and playing the defending champs, I'm going to give the slight edge to the Lions here and take those points. I'm not in love with this pick because I think that spread is like deadly accurate, but in that case, I'm going to go with the intangible of the home team um, with the perfect record, who's played very good football so far. And I do think that their front line can be disruptive against Atlanta's eh, okay, meh offensive line. And uh, even the Packers were getting to Matt Ryan quite a bit. So I could see Detroit uh, coming out either in that push territory or sneaking out a win. Okay. Uh, now these two quarterbacks, Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford, these two, I can see giving you forty-one thirty-nine. That yeah. shit Thursday night. No, I have no idea yeah. what that. These so you know two, what I get? can see. We're gonna get. We're gonna get sixteen fourteen. <laughs> you just doomed us. Week three is gonna be upside down. That well, that's yeah. not good for me. If I'm fourteen and two last week, and week three is already starting out sort of unpredictable, that's probably not a very good sign for me. But uh, we, we, I'm gonna regress anyway. Of course, I'm not gonna go fourteen and two again. But, uh, yeah, I can see a shootout here, obviously, with these two quarterbacks. Uh, they talked, to, of course, in the offseason about uh, Kyle Shanahan moving on and Steve Sarkeesian taking over and Sarkeesian basically realizing how special that offense was in Atlanta from last year and just taking over the, uh, the play calling and, and basically the, the whole playbook that Kyle Shanahan left behind. And he didn't really bring in – 
his own new playbook. He left everything as it is, and he learned their plays and their terminology, and he sprinkled in some stuff of his own, of course, because you have to personalize it at least a little. But basically, they're running the same stuff that they were running last year. And you can tell. You can tell that they look uh, much more cohesive than any other uh quarterback and receiver group would look under a brand new offensive coordinator. So they haven't really missed a step. They're not quite up to the 9.0 last year yards per attempt that they had, but they, they're, they're not that far off. Uh, so they haven't messed around with anything. That's, that's really smart to, to not mess with success like that. Uh, I mentioned that they're going to be without their, best pass rusher though Vic Beasley and that may play a role if you let Matthew Stafford get time in the pocket you know he got the nickname China doll from one of his own teammates uh, because of how fragile he can be if you batter him around so the Lions have gotten much better throughout the years of protecting their franchise quarterback so uh, without Beasley it should be that much easier Uh, but you just brought up the crowd that's interesting that I actually have that down as a factor that is Detroit, the city of Detroit, hype enough to make it tough on Matty Ice. Matty Ice's only other road game so far this year has been in Chicago. That's a nice, soft landing spot to debut uh, a new offensive coordinator. They weren't making much noise, I'm sure, in Chicago because it's such a crap team. Detroit might be a little different. They're 2-0. and You'd think they would be hyped. You'd think they would be loud and make it tough on the Falcons, but I don't trust Detroit to come through like that. I don't think they're uh, I don't think they're quite there yet. So I actually have Atlanta minus three coming in, running on the Lions, uh running and passing, keeping their offense going the way it's been going. Someone will step up and challenge Atlanta and, and make them have to play cohesively and not just rely on the playbook from last year and and just keep everything rolling. I don't think the Lions are quite up to that task. Um, I do recognize that they've had a good start and and that they've been improved over last year. And of course, the organization recognizes it by giving Jim Caldwell uh, a contract extension and it's well-deserved. But in this spot, I'm going to be like the public, uh, the betting public, and I'm going to trust the NFC champion Falcons to keep it going and move to 3-0. So, you know, should Atlanta, let's say they go in there and do what you're thinking and they prevail here and they end up going, you know, 3-0, and granted, all against out-of-division opponents, you know, running their way roughshod right now then through the NFC North, though, but that's got to clearly put them in that team in the NFC position, um, I'm, you know, coming out of that. A lot more resilient and mentally tough than I expected them to come out this year. You know, we said there were only two ways this could go for them, or they'd either come out and they'd look really good, or they'd go in the tank from that Super Bowl defeat. I think so far, it's been the former. Absolutely. Yeah, they'll be at the top of everybody's NFC power ranking, that's for sure. (laughs) Moving on to our second highlight game this evening. We're going to look at the Buccaneers and the Vikings, and we're going to break down a Case Keenum game. (laughs) What a year. Boy, this has just been a crazy season already in week three. We're going to break down a Case Keenum start because, once again, Sam Bradford is on the shelf for the Vikings, and Case Keenum will get his second straight start as the Vikings host Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers, who, of course, are 1-0 coming off of their first week bye week and winning their opener last week against the Bears. Vikings 1-1 one and one on the season, but Keenum didn't look all that bad 
against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got a chance to watch that whole game uh, after we did our uh, recap show this past Tuesday. Uh, he wasn't bad. He made some throws. He That offense, the Vikings offense, almost it, it looked like a sort of a Sam Bradford light type of situation. And that's exactly what you want in your backup quarterback. You want in, in a moment's notice, if your veteran quarterback, whoever that may be, your starting quarterback, if he can't go, if he's been practicing or not practicing or whatever, and it comes down to the night before, or in this case, the morning of uh, the game at Pittsburgh, Bradford went out there, tried to give it a go and said, no, it's not going to work. You want your veteran backup to come in and run the offense very similar to the way that the starting quarterback runs it. And that's exactly what the job is supposed to be. Is You're supposed to be able to step in at a moment's notice and make it resemble sort of a facsimile of the offense. And that's what Case Keenum gave the Vikings last week. That's what he's going to try to give them against the Buccaneers defense this week. Uh, it's Case Keenum, so the Vikings are not trusted in this spot by the public, and I completely understand that. Tampa gives two and a half points on the road uh, at Minnesota. Uh, I get it, but look, I don't think they miss that much from Sam Bradford. Remember, this is Sam Bradford, okay? Before that wonderful week one game that he played on Monday night, it was Sam Bradford. That's That's not... Tom Brady, okay? That's not uh, Peyton Manning out there that, that that the Vikings are missing. That's still Sam Bradford. And to step down from Sam Bradford to Case Keenum, I'm telling you, it's just not that big. I, I don't believe it's that big based on what I saw uh, in the tape. Uh, for Tampa, everything does line up for them. You get the hurricane by from week one. Then you get to host Mike Glennon in game two. Uh, or in week two, their first game, and you know they were going to be hyped for that. And now Sam missing for week three, having to go against Case Keenum. That does line up in their favor. All the breaks are lining up for him. But on the other side of it, I'm going to break out a couple of stats from Pro Football Focus this week. I'm going to try not to go too heavy on them. But uh, about the Vikings, they pointed out that the most Yards on deep passes for any wide receiver in the NFL so far this year through week two shockingly belongs to Stephon Diggs of the Minnesota Vikings. So, uh, and the Buccaneers giving up 7.7 yards per pass attempt last year and not doing a whole lot to shore that up this year. They did draft a kid and they brought in the veteran Brent Grimes, who's going on 65 years old. So, uh, I think the Vikings can hang offensively with the Buccaneers. They've got the running game to hang with them as well. Now with Dalvin Cook, who's been very impressive. Uh, and I think they're going to outlast the Buccaneers in, in a tough, hard-fought contest. I'm actually going to take the Vikings plus the two and a half points to win at home. Well, this is going to be interesting again. Right off the bat, we're 0 for 2. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, like, I agree with everything you said, except your pick. It lines up. <laughs> really well for Tampa. And yes, Case Keenum did not crap the bed, so to speak, last week. He did acquit himself admirably in a backup role. But I don't think that that's going to be enough to hang with what the Tampa Bay offense is going to be able to keep bringing all day long. I don't necessarily think that this is a team that is going to see a huge drop on the road. It's going to be, it's basically going to be 
it could be Tampa type weather in this game. I mean, we're sitting here today. It was almost 90 up here in central Wisconsin, Wisconsin today. Um, I know there's some rain and there's been, uh, you know, there's been a long, there's a huge line of storms. that has been just kind of settling over that part of the area through the twin cities. And, you know, that in a long line down through that part of the country. So there's a chance they could be looking at weather in the game that could slow things down, but I don't think that that's going to necessarily benefit one team or the other, because I think this is going to play out very similar to the way the game did last week for Minnesota, which is their defense will be able to what the offense isn't able to do, but I don't think it'll be able to overcome what the offense isn't able to do. I don't think this is the right spot. I do look at Tampa Bay as one of those top and top NFC teams go, you know, coming into this season. And I don't have anything to really change my mind from that. No Sam Bradford is big. At least we're not getting the, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't this week. Um, because it's pretty interesting that he was listed oh, just to, just pretty recently as probable for this game. No, now he's out. Wow. <laughs> That's a turnaround to go from probable to just out. <laughs> you mean, Sam, you don't even want to you know, go out there and you know, give it a nope, try? I'm or, no, I'm now, done. Like, sorry. Was, well, yeah. At home, so, prop my knee up. That was a quick change from probable to out. I, I don't think that the outcome – I think the outcome could have been different. I think this is another game. Unfortunately, Minnesota, after how good they looked in week one, they are really losing opportunities here every time they have to run Case Keenum out there. So I don't feel great. I don't feel great about any picks anymore. I don't feel great about this one. I don't feel great about that Detroit-Atlanta one because that line I think was spot on. But I do think that the the Tampa Bay offense will be able to stay three points clear of the Vikings uh, tomorrow. All right, we got two head to head early, so starting off feisty already. All right, our third and final highlight game of the week will take us to Nashville. Uh, I believe we highlighted Oakland and Tennessee in Week One as well, so we're back uh, in Nashville to highlight the Titans. It, the Titans are a compelling team. They're Interesting to watch. We both picked them to, to make the playoffs this year. Uh, and they're hosting a team that's very interesting, the Seattle Seahawks, who I picked to win the fucking Super Bowl. And they don't look like it right now, that's for sure. Uh, so they got their clear issues. Tennessee, uh, not up to the test against Oakland, but comes right back against Jacksonville last week and an in, in impressive showing. Uh, Seattle obviously struggling to protect Russell Wilson, but managed to beat the 49ers last week. So both teams at one and one, uh, think there might be going in opposite directions. The public certainly, uh, thinks that that's the case because the Seahawks are underdogs at the Titans. And I don't know the last time that could possibly be said, but, uh, Seattle is plus two and a half at Tennessee. Jason, what's your pick? Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about this pick. I do have the Titans here at the as the home favorite, not even getting the cop-out line. Seattle's still getting the the Seattle respect. Titans, you know, they haven't been there, done that. They haven't proven anything yet. But I saw enough last week in both the bounce back from the Titans against the Jags, and I don't know whatever the hell you want to call that Seattle-San Francisco game last week. What I saw out of that Seattle-San Francisco game was a team that let Carlos Hyde absolutely abuse 
that defense. And this isn't the spot you want to go to when you're if your run defense is not feeling the best or you're ailing a little bit at stopping the run. You do not want to play a team with DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry, and Marcus Mariota. This is I don't know why if you are the Titans you throw a pass tomorrow. I uh, <laughs> until this until Seattle shows that they can stop it. I would just test the waters and try to run the ball down the throats of the Seattle Seahawks. I, I I saw enough when I when when Carlos Hyde went for went off for what he did last week and that Seattle offense just just something not right. I think that you know once again we talk about a little bit of crowd. We talk about a Seattle team heading west, uh, heading a west team, uh, west coast team heading east, which never traditionally goes well. Although they had shaken some of that in the last few years, but that was also when they were going on that amazing you know three four year run that they were on with multiple Super Bowl trips we have this isn't that team this isn't that same Seattle team there's something not right with that offense uh no offensive line play at all I think you and I have both commented on that quite often about the the Seahawks and Russell Wilson running for his life and the Titans defense doesn't have to be good tomorrow it just has to be good enough I mean, we may get a lot of bend, don't break. Maybe Seattle, you know, maybe they'll be kicking a lot of field goals. We'll get to see some Blair Walsh moments uh, tomorrow in the game, but I don't think the field goals are going to be able to offset what I think that Tennessee running game is going to be able to do to the Seattle Seahawks at home in Tennessee. This looks like the Titans running all over the Seahawks to me. Well, DeMarco Murray has a hamstring issue, so he's – uh, looks like he's going to go, but who knows how much action he's going to get. Uh, a lot of writing has been speculating that it's going to be mostly the Derrick Henry show tomorrow, and I don't think the Titans would be disappointed necessarily in that. Um, more injury issues for the Titans. Uh, they'll be missing their safety, Jonathan Cyprian, once again, uh, and Corey Davis, the rookie wide receiver that looked impressive in game one, will not play uh, in this game either. Uh, but yeah, uh, you mentioned what Mariota should do and shouldn't do against the Seattle Seahawks. He shouldn't be throwing the ball at all. Uh, and if he does, he cannot make any mistakes against the Legion of Doom because they will make him pay. You would think they would know that. You would think the Seahawks would know not to let Russell Wilson get too beat up because it's been uh, a really, really terrible year trying to protect Russell Wilson so far for the Seahawks, and there's got to be an adjustment made in there somewhere. So something's got to give, uh, you would think. Uh, and and I've even read speculation on Daryl Bevel's job in Seattle, that he might be feeling a little bit of heat as far as that goes. So I guess I'm going a, a little bit similar to the, the Patriots last week against the, uh, against the Saints. I'm going with the veteran team and veteran coach that know how to rebound from dire situations. And I'm going to take Seattle to go into the, the inexperienced Tennessee Titans home and get a victory. Uh, the Raiders went in there and, and worked out a victory. I think the Titans are going to be, again, I picked them to make the playoffs. Uh, I think they're going to be there uh, towards the end of the year. They're going to be better than they are right now. They're a little erratic, a little inconsistent right now. I think the Seahawks need to have a good showing uh, in Tennessee just to feel better about themselves. They've been so not very uh, inspiring, I guess is the word I would use the, the first two weeks of the season. Um, 
it's a it's a not a it's not a pick that I feel all that great about because when I think about Seattle having trouble blocking and now having to go face a Dick LeBeau blitzing defense, that's that's a red flag. That's uh oh time. Um and, and that actually had me leaning towards the Titans most of this week. But I guess I just thought about you gotta know that's coming if you're Daryl Bevel, if you're Russell Wilson. You gotta know that the Titans are going to be bearing down on you and bringing all sorts of guys. And you got to have a, a new playbook. You got to have plays up your sleeve to beat those blitzes. You got to be able to uh, call some rollouts for Russell Wilson and let him make some decisions if he wants to keep it or, or throw it. Uh, I just think the Seahawks are, are too good to keep going like this, to keep playing this way. Uh, and I think they're just going to sort of out scheme and figure out how to, how to beat the Titans uh, and, and get a big win uh, in Nashville tomorrow. Yeah, this is, it's an interesting game. I do like this. They have this as a late game, so they're giving a little national run to this game. Um, so it's going to play in some some more markets. That's a, that's a nice thing to see. I'm sure we won't get that game here since I'll you know, it'll be Cincinnati, Green Bay as the late yeah. game up here. But, you know, it's good to see that they're giving that game a little a little bit of a uh, little afternoon love. I think the people do realize that the Titans are an up and coming team and, you know, people are really, I think, curious about the Seahawks. I don't think people know what they're going to get. Is this a team that's truly in decline? Uh, we know one thing about Seattle. They refuse to, or just simply can't run the ball. That running back by committee setup that they have is, is the worst. That offensive line isn't giving Russell Wilson anything. If they are going to win, they are going to win this on the arm of Russell Wilson or possibly the legs of Russell Wilson. Yeah, you mentioned giving him some afternoon love. I'm married now, so I don't know anything about that. I remember afternoon love. That was such a wonderful <laughs> that's, time. That's, that's afternoon delight. Uh, oh, uh, same thing. Oh, now the rest of week three in the NFL and even more less details starting tomorrow morning overseas in London, England with the London Jaguars, who might as well just go ahead and move there to keep playing every single year uh, in London. They will be the first of, I think, four games in London this year by the NFL as that schedule seems to keep expanding. Uh, hosting the Baltimore Ravens, 2-0 Baltimore, 1-1 Jacksonville Ravens are three-point favorites on the road. Uh, and I guess that's a big road trip for or for both of them. Uh, but, yeah, Baltimore minus three against Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't like these London games because, you know, this is almost like that second Thursday uh, Monday night game. <laughs> Weird stuff seems to happen. Um, but, boy, did, boy, we got the revert back to usual from the Jacksonville Jaguars after everything that they did. I'm going to take the Ravens here just because I don't necessarily think that they're the more talented team, but they're definitely the more steady, better-coached veteran team. And I think that that will travel just fine to London. I'm going to take the Ravens in a very workmanlike win here. Uh, I got it workmanlike and, and low-scoring as well. Um, and I got a pro football focus stat of uh, I didn't understand I didn't know that Brandon Carr had been this good uh, he's uh, according uh, opposing quarterbacks have a passer rating of 7.7 when throwing at Brandon Carr and that's the best in all of football so you would think the Jaguars would be smart enough to not have Blake Bortles uh, the few times they have him throw don't have him throw at Brandon Carr um, I'm going to take the Jaguars uh, again workmanlike low scoring uh, 
with a difference maker at running back in one of these London trips here that they usually don't have. They have Leonard Fournette now. At least they can rely on him. Um, I, I think that Baltimore's defense has played so well. Uh, they need to revert. They, they need to have a little bit of a bounce back. They've got his. many points. Hello. Well, Dre, if you're there, I can't hear anything you're saying. Um, that was either on the hardline connection or on the phone connection now. Uh, so it doesn't have anything to do with my uh, computer connection here. But, uh, yeah, to let you know, uh, about seven minutes ago, you went completely dead air coming from your side. So I don't know um, what happened, but we've uh, got no audio coming from your side. At least I don't. So I don't know if you can hear me. Well, somehow I made it back onto the show, and you're you're I'm flying solo. That hey, I'm back, and I still can't hear you. So I just dialed myself up on the phone and connected to the show, but what I don't hey, know is you are. Hear me. Oh, now you can. Okay, I I, I, I had to leave the headset and and call on the phone. This is what. Uh, so that's what I just did. That's all. Right. It's it's only twenty minutes of dead air. <laughs> that's all. Well, at least I, I I was bright enough to come up with that idea. Otherwise, yeah, we'd be completely frozen out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was sitting here. I was looking right at the clock when it happened. I was sitting here. It was like nine thirty-eight. I want to say, and I had yeah. you on the headset, clear and strong, and you just totally dropped out, like completely dead air. And it happened on the last show during the after show, but it only happened for maybe a minute, and then you came right back, and there was never a problem again. And you uh-huh. dropped in my headset. It was completely dead for about maybe a minute, minute and a half in my ear, you came back for about five seconds, and then that was it. And I didn't hear a word of yours until just now. Wow. All right. Well, here's what we're going to – I was thinking we're going to have to uh, cancel this show altogether. I was in the middle of texting you that, yeah, I'll just send you my pics, and you can put them on the blog, and we'll just – you know, wrap it up as technical difficulties and come back for the recap show. But hey, you know what? We're soldiering through this. We're here. We're live. We're connected. So totally what's going to happen is 
Exactly. We're going to be live for the next 90 seconds. That's about it. Um, so we're going to pick up where we left off. Uh, if you want to hear our picks, you're going to have to get us on the podcast version. Uh, like I said, subscribe to us on iTunes or any of those podcasting apps, or just come back to the live show page in, I'd say, about an hour or so. And this whole show will be available as a podcast at that point, and then you can listen to our picks uh, after that. If you really want to hear our picks, that's what you're going to have to do this time, unfortunately. So, and we'll be cutting out once our live portion cuts out. It'll just be right in the middle of our picks, so we're not going to bother uh, notifying anybody at that point. We're just going to keep soldiering right through. So here we go. Uh, we had left off where at the uh, uh, tomorrow uh, Panthers. Yeah, no, the Baltimore Jacksonville. I think was the last pick we made. Right. Uh, okay, so I was in the middle of I, I was in the middle of setting up the uh, next picks, which was uh, New Orleans and Carolina. So you didn't hear any of that. None. Okay. Uh, so what I was just saying was, uh, it's uh, New Orleans who's got all their issues and all their struggles that everybody knows about. And Carolina, who's 2-0 but has struggles of their own because of the play of Cam Newton. Uh, but people, of course, still trust the Panthers because the Saints are five-and-a-half-point underdogs at Carolina. Yeah, I don't trust the Panthers either. Cam, Cam Newton looks hurt. When you're missing wide-open dudes in the end zone at the end of games, in games that usually – I mean, there is no reason. I know they're 2-0. They should have blown the doors off of the Buffalo Bills last week. This isn't Tyrod Taylor and – guys coming to town this week. This is Drew Brees and the Saints. I will take the Saints to win. Oof. That's more ballsy than me. Um, I will uh, agree with you and take the Saints with the points. I cannot pick them to win because of how bad they've been playing, but it is a terrible New Orleans D versus a terrible Cam Newton, so therefore a five-and-a-half point spread doesn't seem to, to, to fit that particular pick. Um, I'm worried about all the Saints injuries uh they're still going to have the offensive linemen both tackles are still hurt they got defensive injuries cornerbacks are hurt but carolina missing greg olson their star tight end is really going to hurt them so it should be actually a a lower scoring game than usually uh, occurs between these two teams on to uh the worst game of the week the browns and colts uh so glad to be back on the air and picking games so that we can pick Browns Colts. Uh, both 0-2. Uh, this is this has got a lot of uh, press, or you know, relatively a lot of press, but Cleveland is a favorite on the road for the first time in about 450 years. Uh, they give two points, uh, Cleveland minus two at Indianapolis. Yeah, you said it all. Cleveland is a favorite on the road. I'm not buying it. I'm going to take the Colts. There you go. I concur. And <laughs> and I trust the Browns. <laughs> Fool's gold right there. Migraine boy against Jack Brisket. Well, at least Jack Brisket's won some games, so I'm going to go with Jack Brisket. Uh, Steelers and Bears. Uh, we heard it from uh, Bryce in Brooklyn last show. Uh, worried about the, the Steelers maybe letting up a little bit against Chicago. And then I had dinner last night with uh, my wife and my wife's best friend, her uh, maid of honor, Judy. And Judy 
if Bryce isn't the world's biggest Steelers fan, it's only because Judy's even bigger. So, uh, and she also expressed uh, concern that this might not go the Steelers, but this is the type of game the Steelers might blow. So uh, at least those two are skittish. That's not the comprehensive poll of Steelers fans that I could take, but those two are a little nervous about it. Uh, the betting public, not so much. Pittsburgh at 2-0 gives seven points at 0-2 Chicago. You know what? I agree with them. I saw a Bears team with some fight in them in that first game against the Falcons at home. I don't see why they can't give the Steelers some pits here and keep this close. I'll take those points. Thank you. You know what? I agree with all y'all. Uh, <laughs> and it, because yeah, as I said, Chicago's only going to compete in any games this year on the strength of a strong running game and a, and a veteran defense that actually cares. Uh, not that it's not that it's a great defense, but they do try. They do play hard uh, for for Vic Van, for Vic Fangio. Uh, so yeah, I, I, the Steelers' offense has not looked like a hundred percent, not yet, and uh, uh, they're going to have T.J. Watt hurt. He was the the big star of Week One, but he's not going to play, so that helps Mike Glennon maybe stay clean. Um, I will also take the Bears to cover the seven points and give the Steelers uh, a run for their money. Yeah, why not? The, uh, yeah, sure. The Eagles and the Giants, uh, New York visiting Philadelphia. Talk about a team that's got struggles, the New York Giants at 0-2. Eli Manning getting all sorts of uh, flack from everybody, including his own coach. Odell Beckham uh, is going to play. They say they 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 expect him to have more of a role in the offense than he has, so I guess he's getting healthier. So they certainly need that. Uh, The Eagles at 1-1. New York on the strength of or the weakness of that terrible start to the season that they've had, they're six-point underdogs. Get six points at Philly. Yeah, this is either going to be the watershed moment for the Giants season or it's going to be the Waterloo moment for the Giants season. I'm going to go with the feeling that the Giants are not as terrible as we think they are and also the fact that we may see if, if there's any motivation, any desperation out of this Giants team to avoid going 0-3, it's all going to be out on the field. They're playing probably for their season. I'm going to go with the more desperate team here. I'm going to take the Giants to cover that six. I concur again. Um, and, I, and I did not start the week thinking I would concur because I've been saying you cannot trust the Giants until Odell Beckham is close to 100%, and he did not look close in his last game, but uh, maybe he'll step it up in this one. Uh, my problem with the Eagles is is that they can't run the football. They've already looks like they're going to scale back with Garrett Blunt and give Darren Sproles more of a try, and, yeah, that's really going to work. You're going to make your lead back a guy that weighs about 120 pounds. Uh, that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> and Carson Wentz would have to try to win the game if that doesn't work out. And uh, much as Carson Wentz has looked pretty good, I don't know if you want to try that. So it, it adds up to the Giants maybe hanging around more than uh, people think they should. So I will also take those points. The uh, New York Jets are getting the same amount of points, but they're at home, so that shows how much people – uh, don't think much for them, the situation that they're in. The 0-2 Jets are six-point home underdogs to Jay Cutler and the 1-0 Miami Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins lucky to escape with victory last
last week in L.A. Um, on the Young Ho Koo missed field goal. Um, but that was against that was against uh, you know Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates going for the uh, tight end record, and you know the the, the sparse home Crutley will be the worst team in football and probably get their coach fired at the end of the year. I will definitely roll with the Dolphins and give the points. Now, I'm not saying that the Jets had any expectations once the season began, but you talked about earlier uh, a team in the Giants that their season's on the brink and they really need to come out and show something. The Jets, uh, if they don't have any fight in them after these first two games that they've looked so terrible, this might be FedEx time already. They might be ready to mail it in already. And I guess I have a little more confidence in the, the Jets' defense to actually come through and, and show some pride uh, that a lot of people do. Uh, actually, I have a lot more confidence in the Jets' defense because I'm taking those six points and I'm locking them in against Jay Cutler and the Dolphins. I, I, I respect the Dolphins. I respect that they went on the road and, and won a tough game, but the, they didn't look like world beaters out there in, in L.A. in the soccer stadium. They could have easily lost that game. They've got issues uh, in the locker room. They're, they're not going to have uh, – they brought Ray Maluga, the linebacker, over to try to help shore up that terrible run defense. He's not going to play, and it'd be nice if they had another linebacker, Lawrence Timmons, to help him out as well. But he's not going to play because he left the team a couple weeks ago, uh, and, and they're trying to figure out if they even want him back or not. So this might set up for Matt Forte and, and company to actually turn around and have a big day running and the Jets' defense to show up and, and show that they have some pride. So I'm actually going to take the Jets to, to actually win the game and beat the Dolphins. So, of course, I'll take the six points and locking it up. The Broncos and the Bills, Denver is 2-0 and and looking about as impressive as any team in the league, which is somewhat surprising that they're only three-point favorites on the road at 1-1 one one Buffalo. Yeah, you bet your ass it's somewhat surprising. <laughs> I think this is my lock of the week. What what have the what have the Bills shown anybody to even be only get, getting three even at home here? I mean, it, you know what this is? This is Trevor Simeon hate. I think this is people who still don't believe that that Denver offense is legitimate. But I does, it, that, that offense doesn't need to be as legitimate as it has been the first two weeks. The defense is where it lies, and that Bills team doesn't scare anybody. So I'm yeah definitely going to take that. I don't care even if this is a you know I'll tell you what fourteen to three that's that's a cover. Yes, it is. Um, and Buffalo without uh, left tackle Cordy Glenn. That, I don't usually point out offensive lineman injuries, but that's a problem because coming around the right end for Denver is this guy named Von Miller. You may have heard of him. Uh, that's important. So I will also take Denver and, and give the three. And I, I also uh, like the they did point out quite a bit during the Thursday night broadcast that the Rams have, like, the entire Buffalo receiving core now. Yeah. And they reassembled all of them. Mark well, Goodwin, Robert Woods, oh. Sammy Watkins, all of them. Oh, they have um, dropped the touchdown pass to win the game against Carolina. <laughs> they have yeah, him. that guy. That guy. I remember him. Not in the best Quick. way. Quick, name two Bills wide receivers. Um, 
Andre Reed. You didn't say you didn't say current Bills receivers. Uh, James Lofton, Andre Reed. Uh, there you go. I win. You completely stole my joke. Not only were you gonna was I gonna go back to two old Bills, but those are the two I was gonna pick. Was Andre Reed and James Lofton. So. <laughs> You've been friends way too long. No, you didn't. You didn't properly phrase the question. You did. You know. You didn't. Uh, you didn't say name two current Bills receivers. And I didn't say Simon Says either. I I don't know. I, that's not good. Yeah, they're all playing for the Rams. And they trade for uh, who's the Buster in Philly oh, yeah. that never amounted anything? Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews, who got promptly hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So. They have Shady McCoy. Uh, yeah. Uh, is that why they're only three-point dogs, I guess? I I don't think. Yeah, it uh, didn't really work so good for Ezekiel Elliott last week. No, it didn't. And if they can shut him down, they can shut down Shady McCoy as well. I, I concur. <laughs> yeah, I keep feeling uh, like we're like pressed for time because we're in, the, in much less detail picks. But we have 50 minutes. That's right. We're in the after show, and we're wide open, and anybody who really wants our picks will have to pick it up after we're through with the after show. It's, yeah. it's going to be there for everybody. That's right. And they can always I assume. That's right. I assume it's being it's going to be there for everybody. I assume this is recording. I have no idea because Blog well, Talk Radio has completely boned us. <laughs> completely disconnecting us. They just took us completely off the. We actually, we what we don't realize is that wherever Blog Talk Radio is headquartered just got nuked by North Korea, and this World War <laughs> we're just sitting here completely oblivious, you know, making football picks, and the world is burning down. And I knew I smelled something. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just actually, what the rock is cooking. Oh, I won't. I won't even do the imitation. I I think I do a good imitation, but I'm not going to do it. I'll, I'll spare okay. you. The, the Texans and the Patriots in the biggest spread of the week. Boy, this feels familiar. Uh, yeah, like Houston's uh, exactly. Yeah, Houston's getting 14 points at New England. They're both one and one. Yeah, I mean, obviously what we're looking at here, what are we looking at? We're looking at the Texans that have – they still have a really good defense, but they're looking at the fact that it's been telegraphed all week, as so I expected this to be a big line, about Bill Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks and how stellar it is, and it's undefeated at home. And the Patriots yeah. kind of own the Texans. So I'm, I'm not usually one to buy into the hype and the trends, but I think there's a little more behind this one. I think they will have something waiting for the Texans. And I think they, that Houston will have a heck of a time trying to score in this game. It won't be as easy for them as it was for Kansas City because this isn't Alex Smith doing the – with the Andy Reid, you know, the just that methodical, almost surgical offense that they that they seem to pull out and then just going totally wide open against the Patriots in week one. I don't think the Texans have that in them. I will give the points as much as I regret, probably will regret doing this. That's a lot of points. But I, I could see the Patriots pulling out a can on Houston and, you know, hanging 31 to 10 on them. 
you, this sounds so familiar. You, I believe you said pretty much the exact same words last year in the playoffs that you're going to regret giving 16 points, but you, you have to do it and you have to trust the Patriots. And I said, oh, no way. That defense is way too good. There's yeah. no way. But they could even, they could win the game even. They might even – that's one of the most baffling football games I've ever watched still to this day. Um, I, I, I don't know what – I still don't know what happened. They were there. Because, they were right there. Because you were right, but you lost the bet. <laughs> the game went the way I thought it would go for three quarters, and that fourth quarter just completely yeah. went down the tube. So for you me, probably, when I look at it, I, you probably thought you won the pick. You're, you're, prob- you're probably you know, still thinking. It's like the Mandela effect. You, you, you won that one, right? Yeah, I won that yeah. pick. I was at, of course I did. How, I don't ever remember. I mean, it's probably, I'm sure it's happened, but a, a situation where one of us was so right on making the pick and lost the pick. <laughs> and lost the pick. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened over the years, but that one just – because it was a 16-point spread. It was just so huge. And I thought they actually had a legit chance to win the game, and they were winning the game, and they were outplaying the Patriots and beating up Tom Brady, and everything was going right. It was like a light switch flipped on. And, okay, let's start beating them back and taking this game away from them, and Brock Osweiler blows and blah, blah, blah. And that was the end of that. Well, call me a, a numbskull and, and going back to the well, but I look at it as can Deshaun Watson, however raw he may be as a quarterback, can he possibly be worse than Brock Osweiler? I, I don't know if he can because Brock Osweiler was really bad. And, and on the other side of the ball, when you talk about that Houston defense, uh, A.J. Boye has moved on to Jacksonville. All those other guys are still there. Jonathan Joseph is still there. Kareem Jackson is still there. Whitney Merkel is, is still there. Jadevian Clowney is still there. And J.J. Watt was hurt for that playoff game. He wasn't part of that ass-kicking crew. He's back, so he's there. And this is not the same exact offense with Tom Brady, uh, with all these new targets that Tom Brady has. They, they rebounded last week and put it on New Orleans, but that was the New Orleans Saints defense of the Texans. So, once again, I'm going to take all those points and take the Texans and believe that they could possibly win the game even. So, uh, I have no idea why I'm doing that again, but I'm I'm going to do it again. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me (laughs) twice, shame on me. I just don't want to be recapping this show on Tuesday and you're shaking the head with the head in the hand going, what was I thinking taking the Houston Texans? But I could see it happening. Unfortunately, so can I. On to your cheeseheads up there in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Andy Dalton and the 0-2 Bengals. And if I keep pausing every now and then, it's because I'm getting a weird uh, – feedback on this headset on the phone. So that's all that is. Um, but Cincinnati at 0-2 and Andy Dalton having all his struggles uh, are seven-point underdogs at Aaron Rodgers and the 1-1 one one Green Bay Packers. Yeah, this is the total opposite of what I thought of the Giants pick, where I thought the Giants are going to be a much better team than the record indicates. and They're going to rally and, and put it all out on the line. I think that the Cincinnati Bengals are about as done as done can be. <laughs> this 
It's also the last week of the Vontez Burfick suspension, which still doesn't help them. I've got a feeling, even though Cincinnati, you know, they probably will do a decent job of stopping Green Bay on the ground because Green Bay has no running game. I, I still am not, you know, I don't, I'm not the time, I'm not the, the, the president of the time on Montgomery fan club um, by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think what they're doing flies at all to the, you know, flies in the face of the conventions of what you would think in the NFL. And then both of the rookie running backs that they drafted, neither one of them have really seen any meaningful playing time. But I've got the sense at home that this is going to be the Aaron Rodgers show. I think he's going to have one of those games, and he's just going to go off and light up the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I'm going to take the Packers uh, pretty handily here over the Cincinnati Bengals, and and that'll put the Bengals to bed. I think we'll be done with them. Uh, This is one of those pro football-focused stats that, to me, works against the Packers. The stat was that only three wide receivers have run 200 or more routes since the start of the 2016 season without dropping a pass, and two of them are Green Bay Packers, which sounds very impressive until you hear who the two are. One of them is Randall Cobb. He's not playing. He's likely not playing tomorrow. The other one is Geronimo Allison, who barely catches anything. It's probably, I'm thinking it's going to be, a, that, that was a lot of Allison running next to Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams and not getting any targets. It's really easy to not drop a pass on a, on a pass route if you're not getting the ball thrown at you. So what I think is actually going to happen is Allison will probably get several targets tomorrow now with Randall Cobb down, uh, maybe, you know, as much as five, six, seven targets. They'll probably wind up dropping one of those passes because eventually you get enough targets, you will drop a pass. Everybody drops passes eventually. Um, I don't like the Packers because of all the injuries right now. It's, it's really early in week three to have all these guys lined up as uh, likely not playing, but Randall Cobb is likely to not play the big defensive tackle. Uh, Mike Daniels is likely not playing. Neither one of the linebackers, Nick Perry or Jake Ryan, are likely playing. David Bakhtiari is going to miss another game, it looks like. But, hey, Brian Bulaga's back, so that's something. Uh, I don't like how beat up Green Bay already is. I'm actually going to take Cincinnati and all those points. Uh, That's another team that's very desperate and needs to put on a good performance. they got Bill Lazor, the new offensive coordinator, uh, and he gets a debut against a Green Bay defense that's a little beat up, so maybe that's a little bit of a break for them. Uh, So I will take the Bengals and the points. Uh, Moving on to the Chiefs and the Chargers in an AFC West matchup. Uh, it's the Chiefs' turn to go into the soccer stadium. Uh, 2-0 Kansas City is another line that might be a little bit baffling. They're only as good as they've looked. They're only a three-point favorite at the 0-2 Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, just as much as the betting public doesn't want to believe in Trevor Simeon and that Denver offense, they don't want to believe in Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs, although the Chiefs right now, boy, two games in, have looked like the best team in the league. I mean, the the two wins that they have are both quality wins at New England at home against the Eagles. Yeah, I I have no – this was almost my lock of the week. I have no problem taking what feels like a gift here in the Chiefs. I don't think that the Chargers are going to be the team to spring the trap. The, the Chiefs are too well coached. They have the really good running game. Um, they have that added element that, that you know, the, this this – feeling that Alex Smith isn't completely afraid to go downfield. I, yeah, I love the Chiefs here. Give me the Chiefs. 
it was almost my lock too. There's no way the Chiefs are playing this well and they're going to go into a soccer stadium and lose to the fucking Chargers out in Carson, California. I also have the Chiefs. Did you see? But, did you see the headline this week? And we haven't gotten to this team yet, but I'll just jump ahead a little bit. But did you, did you see the headline this week that they're already starting? Actually, it was the Chargers. They're already starting to wonder if the Chargers should go back to San Diego. <laughs> Well, they should have never left San Diego, and I think everybody knows that. So I'm not surprised to see that. But it's one of those situations where you can write and speculate all you want, but the the, the fact is the owners got, I think it was a $650 million relocation fee for them to leave San Diego. They're not charging a refund. They're, they're not, they didn't keep the receipt for that. They're not, there's not going to be a refund on that money. That money's gone. The owners will not let uh, – until the day they die, they will not let the Chargers move back to San Diego and give that relocation money back. So they can forget about that. But they should have never left in the first place. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean, and you know, it's the only reason they left was because they were angling for a new stadium and the people in San Diego wouldn't go for it. That was it. Yeah. And that's what every real, you know, every city really should do. Is yeah. like, fuck you. You've got all the money. Go build your own damn stadium. The you NFL's know? not hurting for money. No. And not, yeah. none of the owners are. Not a one of no. them. Uh, they can all afford to build their own stadium. But it's such a boondoggle to take that money from the local team, from the local city, rather, uh, that everybody just assumes it's their birthright to do it. And hardly anybody wants to build their own. But it's it's starting to happen. There's been a couple guys, I think, that uh, either built their own or put up most of the money to build their own stadiums. So it's Hopefully it's starting to turn in that direction. But, you know, it's just I don't understand what the NFL's compulsion was to get back to L.A. And they're finding out we're only three weeks into the season that L.A. just isn't a football town. It's just not. They couldn't help themselves. They just saw how big that market is, and they just assumed that they have to have some of it because we're the NFL, damn it, and they're going to love us. Yeah. Ignoring what happened when they were in L.A. before. Just absolute blatant greed because the NFL was the number one sport. They were the king of the mountain. This meteoric rise in, in ratings and revenue and you know salaries and everybody's making money hand over fist. And they were doing this all without the LA market. And now they've sapped two teams, you know, with St. Louis and San Diego and and taken those and put them in the town that nobody gives a shit about football. And then they're expect and then they're wondering why the Rams are half filling their stadium and the Chargers have to play in a 40,000 seat soccer arena. This is well, well, well thought out NFL. Well, I'm sure you haven't been keeping up with this because this isn't uh, the, the pop culture thing. Is it your cup of tea? But the singer Usher, um, I know you've heard of him, but uh, I, I I know who he is. Who? Okay. Who? Who's so Usher? I know who Usher is. There, isn't that the guy at the wedding who shows you to your seat? Wrong Usher. It's a different Usher. Oh, um, no, no. I know who Usher is. Uh, attractive as hell, great shape, can get any woman he wants. So why is he in court being sued by some fat, ugly woman for giving her gonorrhea? You know? So that's what the NFL reminds me of. Is no matter how much they get, they're always looking around for something else. Hey, look at over there, you know? We, we got all these other millions of dollars. We got all these other markets, but the number – three biggest market in the country, number two, 
is sitting over here with no team. We got to get into that. We got to get into those panties over there. No matter how much they don't want us, we gonna get up in them panties. And and now they're in there and they're seeing why they left in the first place because they don't really care so about minute, the NFL you, in, in L.A. Are you comparing the L.A. market to a Perkins waitress? I guess I kind of did, didn't I? Yeah, yeah Tiger couldn't keep it in his pants either. Tiger's the best golfer in the world. He's married to a supermodel. He could get anything yeah. he wants to be banging the waitress from Perkins. Some people, no matter how much you give them, they want more. That's the NFL. So it's and it's and you know that's because it's it, it, yes, it's a corporate entity, but it's run by people, and that's it's that's where the greed will always come in. But yeah, okay, I, I get the analogy. I tried to go there. I don't know if I was. Oh wait, so it was a little sloppy, but so this usher thing, this is really happening. Pretty sure I got the. I, I don't know if all the details, right? But I, I'm pretty sure he was. He gave some some someone of basically you know that someone unattractive, so to speak, uh, gonorrhea. Pretty sure he was in court for giving some fat black woman VD. Yeah. Huh. Well, you know, fat black women need loving too. Not from Usher, they don't. Well, maybe from people like me, thing. yeah, but not from Usher. Maybe, maybe that's his thing. You'd have to go to Usher and ask him why, because I, I can't explain it for him. But I'll wait for the autobiography. I'll skip right to that chapter. On Sunday Night Football, the uh, Raiders and Redskins will do battle up in the nation's capital. And yet again, an impressive 2-0 team on the road is only a three-point favorite. Uh, Oakland gives three at 1-1 one one Washington. I, I'm sensing a trend here with these AFC West teams not getting a lot of road. <laughs> um, someone needs to get the memo out that the AFC West is the best division in football and that right now the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Chiefs are playing like the first, second, and third best team in football. Yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders. I don't know. I mean, again, you got the West Coast team going east, but the Redskins are such a mess. And the Raiders have looked really good in their two wins, you know, where they've gotten over that needing the miracle finish. They're just winning on straight-up talent. And, boy, boy, Derek Carr coming back from injury. You can't say enough about what he's done, just basically stepping right into what he was doing in the last half of last season. Um, and, you know, making and making teams now have to worry about Michael Meaty Oker Crabtree um, as a number one or 1A receiver, which, like I said in the uh, recap show this last week, is just going to make teams have to play a little bit more loose coverage on Amari Cooper, and then they've got you. So, yeah, no, I absolutely love Oakland to go into Washington here um, and get the W. It seems like a, a no-brainer to me. I'm I'm with you. I'm going to take Oakland. But uh, just talking about it just now, it, it started to feel a little cold in here. It started to remind me of, of something. All these uh, teams that we think should be more highly favored than they are, but they're uh, only giving three points. It, it just it feels weird. It, it feels like something. We're caught in a trap. I can't
I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't turn into a bunch of traps. But it sure feels like a bunch of them are being sent for us. The AFC West is entirely a trap. Is that what you're saying? The entire AFC West is a trap. Yes. We just that's a trap. West tra- that's a trap. <laughs> I do that one better than you do. Um, oh yeah, way better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did we both? Did you? Well, you took the Chargers though. So you know. So think about it. The old, you know, the so you took every team. You, you fell full all in head first into the AFC West trap. You even took the Chargers. No, I did not take the Chargers. I took the Chiefs. Oh, okay. I thought you took the Chargers. No, who oh, am I no. thinking? Who am I? Where am I thinking? Okay, that's right. So we took all the favorites. Yeah, the Chiefs are playing the Chargers, so that's an AFC right. West battle. Okay. Sorry. It's getting late. I thought you – I'm looking at that game. I'm like, I thought you took the Chargers. No, wait, that's the Chiefs. It's all part yep. of that West tra- It is a trap. It's one big trap. That's right. You have and to, in you'll Denver have to get that and, uh, in Oakland. You'll have to get that. It's a trap sound drop. I mean, we'll get sued out of existence by Disney. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I don't know how many more times you could have me on the – It's a trap. If we're – popular enough for Disney to, to get on their map and they sue the hell out of us. We're doing something right. So that, I, well, that I happens. Would welcome it. I would welcome yes. this letter from Disney saying, please stop using our, our Star Wars sound bites. I'd, be, I'd frame that and put it up on my wall and be like, we have reached the big time when we have gotten to this. I would also frame it and put it on my cardboard box. Uh, Monday Night Football sees the Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Dallas, uh, one and one. We've heard about the, or we watched the uh, Ezekiel Elliott struggles last week in Denver, so they've got some rebounding to do. Uh, in Arizona, one and one, but not exactly an impressive one and one. They had to struggle and come back to beat the Colts to get that one win, so not a surprise that the Cowboys are favorites on the road as well. They also give three at Arizona. Yeah, it's just, this is the road team giving three. That's the theme this week. I see a lot of plus three, plus three, plus two and a half, plus three. A lot of small road favorites this week, but that just gets, tells you the weakness of these home teams. Yeah, I'm totally on board with it. What are the Arizona Cardinals going to give up to the to give resistance, I should say, to the Dallas Cowboys? This isn't the Denver defense. That Arizona offense without David Johnson was lucky to beat Jake Brisket in the Indianapolis Colts. Are you kidding me? That should have been an absolute blowout. And Carson Palmer, you know, Santa Claus is back in town. On Monday Uh-oh. Night Football on the big stage, I will definitely take the Cowboys and the three points and give the three points. I, I don't like this. Uh, I don't like this game very much. I think the Cowboys just got embarrassed by the Broncos, and they're definitely the better of these two teams. So they're gonna, I think they're going to get the bounce-back win here. Yeah, it worries me uh, to take the Cowboys because I think Arizona's defense is still up there. It's not one of the top three or four in the league like it has been in the past few years, but I think it's still formidable at home on Monday night. I think Dak is actually going to struggle against that defense. Dak Prescott, I don't think he's going to make too many connections uh, in the passing game. So it's going to be once again up to the running game and Ezekiel Elliott to rebound and bounce back. And Arizona is a tough 
run defense, so that shouldn't be necessarily easy. Uh, but it's it's key that Deion Buchanan will also uh, will once again be injured. He should go. He should play, but he's still not 100%. That's really the big uh, the, the guy for Arizona's D that I really think is the biggest impact player because he roams around and makes so many things happen, uh, different blitz uh, slots that he goes into, different – coverage packages that he goes into um and and uh, but I, but Arizona's so beat up especially in their receiving core JJ Nelson has a hamstring injury John Brown's not going to play it'd be nice for Larry Fitzgerald to turn back the clock and put on a big performance for the home crowd one more time on Monday night but I just don't think he has it in him and I don't think Carson Palmer has it in him right now he's not playing well enough to to do that uh, so I'm actually going to take Dallas as well and give the three. I don't feel great about that, but I'm, I'm with you. Interception stand, I might make another appearance and, and cost uh, Arizona that game late. Yeah, well, you know what? Even with all the difficulties and the worry that we weren't going to have a show this week, we made it in. Only because I gave up on the headset and called in on the phone. I did, honestly, God, when I called in on the phone, I didn't expect to hear your voice. Uh, I forgot that I had, that I had you punched up. And if you hadn't said nothing, I wouldn't have, uh, I, I wouldn't have realized it. So I was just being, oh. I was just at, at my wits end and I was pulling out my hair, what little bit I have uh, and calling in on the phone was my last, last gas desperation move. So luckily that worked what, out. I don't know what came over me to stay connected. Yeah, I had, faith. I had faith that you were gonna find a way to get back on the show. <laughs> that audio going because I could 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 you hear me? Is there any of that when I was not, saying like hello or not a that? word, not okay, a so, word. Well, that was a total case where I believe that we that something happened through that headset connection on your end that we, I'm pretty sure or something on Blog Talk Radio through that high fidelity connection just died on us. Well, now that I'm looking at it, it might be something on my end because I just happened to look down at my internet connection and it says no internet. So I think we're talking oh. to ourselves again. So you may have a okay. So there's a very I may have a had a serious lot. connection issue here. Okay, well, you know, I mean, I where I live here with uh, Central Wisconsin and uh, we have Charter uh, Spectrum, you know, and. Uh, well, they are notorious for massive outages, like nationwide. Every day. You actually can go on a website and see a map of the United States and just gigantic cities every every time you look up, and they're just down. So I go through some huge stretches. I have been really fortunate that I have not had any of these major down periods during our shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had entire days where we've had no Internet. Um, wow. Yeah. So there you go. You may have had a, uh, you may have had an ISP problem, uh, on your end down there, down there in Tennessee. So very, it, it happens. Right. Yeah. It, it blows. I'm looking at my box right now and it, that online light is completely dark. <laughs> don't know why. So who knows? We're, we're talking through the website, at least on the phone connection. So hopefully we're being recorded. Some of this is going to make it in. And I know that blog talk has been pretty good about filtering out that dead air. Um, right. It might not be 20 minutes. They might actually right. edit it down and make it somewhat 
listenable. I sure hope so. Yeah. It's weird, though, hearing you on the phone connection because it reminds me of back when we first started. Yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> Flashbacks to the to the good old days. Uh, hopefully, we won't, we won't have to do that too many more times. Uh, no, hopefully, I hope you get your internet back. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm gonna call it here so I can get these picks up and call it a night. Yeah, otherwise you're gonna start to get that phone elbow. You know, you're out of practice. Oh no, I'm on the the earpiece, so I'm I'm good. Well, I'm on total speakerphone, so I'm sure you can. I mean, I'm holding the phone like six inches away from my face because I, you know, if I wasn't on speakerphone, as I put all of my bits in my phone, yeah, in my in my notes program. So if I was holding the phone up to my ear, I wouldn't be able to see anything. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I'm on speakerphone, but I'm in the basement. It's like carpeted. It's actually like a really good. I've moved my entire. Um, I've moved my entire setup to my basement. I've got the hardline connection down here. I'm actually using my my big screen TV in my basement now as my computer monitor. So I've got like this whole like you know I feel like I'm on the Starship Enterprise right now when I'm looking at everything. I've got all the windows. <laughs> I'm very much more prepared uh, with this setup. Um, it's also farther away from my kids' room, so I don't have to feel as, you know, like I have to whisper into the phone. I know you've right. you heard me on some of the shows where it feels like I'm, you know, not talking there. Like, when I used to be in the upstairs in the office area, you know, that was right off of the bedroom uh, the, of my wife and I. And then my kids were downstairs right below where I was doing the show. And I remember the old days of doing the show up there. And every once in a while, that bedroom door would open and my wife would come out and just kind of give me the stink eye. <laughs> you know, haven't had to have that in a while. Now, at one point tonight, a little maybe about 15 minutes into the show, I heard my daughter was up. And she was saying, you know, she had something, she wasn't feeling good tonight. And so, you know, yeah, a little five-year-old girl doesn't feel good so everything is whining and crying i am stunned that we did not have her down here on the show with us stunned no. maybe that's first... how bad she felt is she didn't even want to do that yeah. i'm stunned that her first reaction wasn't to get up out of bed and come down here and want to talk to you i don't <laughs> even know if she knew i was down here doing the show but uh yeah one of these saturday night shows because now that my daughter's in school she's way past her bedtime when we do our uh our recap show but uh you yeah. know I'll have to get her down here. I'll have to talk my wife into letting her stay up until nine o'clock one of these nights so we can get get some Trini time, or or even my son. We got to get my son on the show. We got to get him in doctor. I just dropped my phone. Sorry. Oh. So that sound you heard was me dropping my phone. My phone kind of plinkoed down the chair here. <laughs> well, it's all good. Uh, yeah, you've talked about having your son on before. I. Because I don't hear, I, I haven't really heard him speak. I've heard him like, you know, babble the last time I saw him a little bit. But other than that, not much. I, I, I don't know. I don't, he's a talker. He'll tell you all about no. Star Wars. He'll tell you all about Star Wars and Mickey Mouse. And yeah, he he's. You think my daughter can talk? Yeah, you get my son going. He gets going. Huh. He gets going so fast that his mind is faster than his mouth. So he's got this thing where it's like he's got to get himself started. It's almost it, – it, it's like a stutter where he's just kind of like, ah, and he's just like so excited. I'm like, buddy, calm down, buddy. And when he kind of – Yeah. Down, 
start talking to me. You know, my wife was really starting to get worried. She thought he had a, a stutter or a speech impediment, and she was talking to a speech therapist that's a friend of hers. And she's like, no, that's really normal in kids that age that right. they know what they want to say, but just that, that mouth-brain connection isn't quite there yet. <laughs> right. You know, no, yeah, he's he's super he's he's adorable. So you know, we, there's a chance we might have them down there next year. We've talked about swinging over your way after we go down to see my dad. So you get you'll get to oh, see okay. him. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, the yeah. logistics of of coming up your way, which we briefly consider when we go up there for my cousin's wedding, uh, is is not going to work out. It's not going to be enough time because we have to get back uh, after the wedding because we we, we don't have. I mean, we are way out. Of yeah, the that's, that's six hours north uh, of Chicago. So it's only four hours if you're me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it, it depends on what part of Chicago. I mean, because usually I'm driving in and I'm stopping out by like Northwest suburbs and O'Hare, so I am not making the trek all the way into the city when I stay in Chicago. So it's only about four hours. But yeah, I mean, if you're going down, like when you like your uncle's way down in the like. Kinkakee area now or something. Yeah. South. Yeah. 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 If I wanted to drive from here to that area, yeah, I'm easily six hours. Right. So that's an hour, hour and hour and a half trek just getting around the city of Chicago. And that depends. That if you're fortunate, that's if you're not hitting it during the bad time of day, which is around 2.47 in the morning, I think is the <laughs> good time of day um, for Chicago. That's not rush hour anymore. Yeah. Rush hour is, the whole day long, except for that 1 to 3 a.m., I think is not rush hour anymore in Chicago. I think that I think the only good time to make it over to the the baseball draft, which is why I'm in Chicago in April, is to do your uh, fantasy league yeah. draft. And where they have it up there in, in the uh, north of the city, uh, that's a big-time haul. But I was able to get there in plenty of time because – that time Saturday morning, early Saturday morning, like at six, seven in the morning, that's actually a, a good time to make there's it all nobody, the way through the city. There's nobody. There's on nobody the there. No, there's nobody yeah. driving on the Dan Ryan or on the Kennedy at six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Right. That's the only good time. Coming back was I wanted to shoot myself in the head, but going oh. there at six in the morning that's, on Saturday was pretty good. All I remember was the drive from where we had the draft. To then go downtown to meet Bernard and Cat. Mm. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, that was. I think, I think I idled all the way there. I don't even know if I right. got above 15 miles an hour, and I was on the highway all the way there. I, was, and I don't usually do that, but I knew it was right off the highway, so I was like, you know what? I'll just kind of soldier through. It took me an hour to get there. I was basically right behind you guys. I was going to say 10 miles an hour. It was yeah. awful. It was, yeah, it was something. It reminded me of why I don't feel so bad about, you know, I, I, I can't complain about the rush hour, rush hour where I live here. <laughs> where, you know, to, uh, when you're, there's three cars in front of you at the red light, that's traffic. <laughs> uh, well, we disagree oh, yeah. with you. We've got, probably got a good six or seven uh, that we disagree on. We agreed on a lot late. Oh shit! Um, I was about to click on it and check it, and I hit X by accident. I got rid of everything. No problem. If you lost all my picks, though, let me know, and I'll send. It to you. I the thing is, it 
it didn't automatically save because I have no internet connection. So oh, here they are. They, they actually did save, thankfully. I guess that was before I lost the internet completely. Uh, so I can count them up real quick. Uh, three, four, five, seven is, uh, is the number. Well, I need a good week here. I can get right back in it. Yeah, I bet you could. All right, that uh, will conclude a very stressful episode of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Uh, Tuesday night at 9 p.m. is good for our recap? Um, Tuesday night, would, I am actually working on Tuesday, which I don't normally work. So if you want to do Tuesday, it would have to be at 10. Um, otherwise, I can do Wednesday at either 9 or 10. Uh, Wednesday, of course, is my bowling. So if we do Wednesday, it would be ten. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll guess I'll get back to you if I'm up for Tuesday after I work because I work Tuesdays uh, every yeah. Tuesday. So if I feel like Tuesday, then we'll do Tuesday. If not, we'll do Wednesday after I get back from bowling. So yeah, we'll either do. one works for me because I'm actually off work Wednesday and Thursday this week coming up. So if I do a Tuesday night show or a Wednesday night show, it's not like I have anything. I got to worry about losing sleep for day, and I'll be at the game on Thursday night, so I'll have to have the full oh, report yeah. um, for when we have our pick show next week. So I will be there for Packers Bears Thursday night at Lambeau Field. There you go, the man on the scene. I might All even right. tweet. Oh, I didn't tell you about my Twitter Ooh. experience this week. Um, I've Uh-oh. actually been going on my Twitter, and I've been, you know, I oh, I answer. I've been answering, like, surveys when I see them on the TV or something, or I've been looking through on stuff. Uh, this week, though, they, there was a uh, – the, the Falcons had a thing on their page because I follow my, my Falcons, and they uh, they wanted a, a cute name for the formation when Mohamed Sanu lines up as the quarterback, right? Yeah. So you got all these people who are like, oh, we should call it the 12-gun and all this stuff. Well, you know my – sense of humor right my name for it was the senior moment because it's muhammad sunday senior correct did, did they put that on did they put that on tv or anything no probably because it would have offended some seniors <laughs> the senior moment has a negative connotation to it but that's my sense of humor. I thought it was funny. <sighs> I can't even give you any yeah or anything. I can't get any sound effects going because I have no internet connection. <laughs> but that was that was my that was my Twitter experience for the week. I am really making an effort to go on there a little bit more. So I, you've probably seen me on there a little bit more than I had been before, which was zero. Yeah, 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 I have. So yeah, no. Hey, any of our any of our listeners, um, that, you know, follow us or like us or you know do any of that on on Twitter or um, send us an email. You know, we'll you know I think I think the, the way to kind of get us out a little bit more is to, to show us that you're there. You know, people who, who like the show and you and I both have Twitter handles that reference this show directly, so we've, we're not hard to find. Nope, I'm pretty sure if you search in much less detail on Twitter, then we'll pop right up, right back, right up there. For if you forget the Twitter handle, then I'm sure we're right there. Yeah, um, yeah okay. absolutely. We, we Always communicate with us. You definitely know we have listeners. I'm 
sure your first follow from the show will be our buddy Sebastian. No, God. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, let's let's uh, let's just hope and pray for the safety of Bryce in Brooklyn. Should the Bears beat the Steelers this week? <laughs> I don't think we're predicting a Bears win, but I think we do like that to be. I I, like, I think that's going to be an ugly game. That's a good yeah. word. Ugly, not not fun to watch. So. I agree with that. So, yeah, all right. Um, so we've used up our almost our entire hour here. I've had a uh, sort of a social question to ask as an, as an after show bid, but we haven't had uh, – before we haven't had time, and then this week I'm not going to do it over the phones. It's not going to sound right. Plus, I don't even know if we're connected at this point. But Yeah, but yeah just could be, be really old school. But yeah, just to you know, always trying to get people involved or whatever. Whatever, whatever I have any questions like that that I ask you, and you know, I, I of course would like response and feedback from people listening as well. So I always want to hear what people have to say or have to think about different situations. I, I love I love learning about other people. I love learning about people I don't know much about and and what what's on their mind and if they have thoughts different from me. I, I like to learn new things. So I, that's why I ask these questions that I have sometimes is trying to learn more about people. So I got a question lined up and hopefully I didn't hype it up too much by but going all there, but uh, we'll get to it some other time. It won't be tonight. That's for sure. Yeah. And we have to give a shout out. Uh, I was looking on our statistics page and uh, Burkina Faso dropped off the report for us, but the huge surge in numbers that we've seen from Saudi Arabia, I, I just oh. don't get it. <laughs> they're up to like they're up to 15% over there in Saudi Arabia. Didn't realize we were so so popular over there in Riyadh. Um, but hey, maybe that's all the troops that that need to yeah. get their football fixed, their gambling fixed. Yeah. I don't know how to say thank you in in Arabic. I mean, so <laughs> and if I just make fun of the language by say I might say something please. horrible. So yeah, please you know, don't. I won't, I won't please do don't do that. Yeah, who knows what I'll say? Yes, that please don't. That would be a <laughs> bad idea. Yes, shout out to Saudi Arabia. We 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 love you, you guys and and anyone else that's listening. Yeah, the big they were like big and blue right on our map of the world. I was like, holy crap, what's what Saudi Arabia? Fifteen percent. So keep it up over there. And Burkina Faso is dead to us now. <laughs> you're dead to us. No, you're not dead to us. <laughs> In the bowl, right. we wipe them all out. Oh, that, that's enough. They, they're all dead. He is Jay. I am Trey. This isn't much less detailed a podcast. We're ending it right now. We're done. We are finished. <laughs> <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll come back and talk to you Tuesday or Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Central. Don't know which one, but we'll figure it out. Uh, just stay with us. We'll talk to you later. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.